What's up, Wolfpack Nation? We are back here with another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. And all of a sudden, Kenton, we're on MJ Morris watch. I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of smoke, maybe some mirrors. We're trying to figure out what's left, what's right. We've played the spring game. We're going to break all this down. Uh, but first, a quick word from our partners in HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use the code college60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, we're going to get into MJ Morris watch, a little bit of the spring game, and we're going to depart uh, our dearest little Ben Finley as well. More to, uh, more to come on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome back, Wolfpack fans. We got a lot to talk about football-wise. Um, Kenton. What's going on with NJ Moore? Hopefully a lot of nothing. Hopefully a lot of nothing is going on. There is a lot of chatter about him and Auburn in particular, which, you know, I I am very, very confused about in, in terms of, you know, I'm I don't understand um the whether or not he is going to transfer or whether or not he's going to stay and all that good stuff. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm very confused about it simply because, you know, we're looking at a situation where they're talking about whether or not he's going to transfer and, and he's only been in connection with one school in terms of transferring, which is the Auburn Tigers. But the confusing part about that is his name isn't in the portal. And last time I checked, you couldn't contact players who were not in the portal. Now, I, I, I may at least be wrong not, not legally. Yes, not legally, of course. I mean, and there's nothing in this world that can, you know, not be done if we're not considering laws, rules, all those types of things, rules, regulations, and whatnot. But I'm very confused here. Very confused here um, because, you know, he's been in, in or so closely linked to one school here and not only that he's been very closely linked to a school that if you look at all of his uh profiles in terms of when he was coming into college and whatnot i don't think that auburn nor um auburn nor liberty were in his like top schools like i i'm i could be wrong there uh, but i'm not seeing anything along those lines to indicate that they were in the schools that were very much so in the running. I see a lot about him in, in Georgia Tech. I see some things along those lines, but I'm not seeing a ton looking at like, oh, well, is he, does he want to be here? Does he want to be at Auburn? Does he want to be at Liberty? That Those are just not, and uh, I'm saying Liberty because obviously the head coach at Auburn now is Hugh Freeze, who was the head coach at Liberty when he was being recruited out of high school. So I'm, it's a little strange. A little interesting, a thing that makes you go, hmm, if you will, in terms of, of, you know, why he's being mentioned 
so closely in connection with uh, Auburn. It's it's just a little – it boggles the mind. It's extremely head-scratching. And, mm-hmm. you know, it. this all began with, you know, Brennan Armstrong transferring into the program. It kind of established the elephant in the room there. You know, you had – after Devin Leary went down with injury, Jack Chambers didn't work out, MJ Morris appeared to be a superhero as the third – third-string quarterback last year. He gets injured. Ben Finley comes in. But it was kind of an understanding that MJ Morris would be the guy moving forward. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's that's all fine and dandy. You get a new offensive coordinator. He's linked, you know, in the past at Virginia to Brennan Armstrong. That connection is strong enough to bring uh, Brennan here to Raleigh. And, you know, it was understood originally that, you know, you're going to have a quarterback battle. The, their play styles would benefit each other. They're both learning uh, an offense that is going to be a lot more involved with different pieces, different players. Brennan already knows this offense. And, you know, it, there's a lot, a lot to be excited about in the near future. All of a sudden, I'm hearing uh, kind of all over the place, it's a little bit hushed whispers, but I'm hearing that MJ Morris is not happy with how the quarterback battle is shaping up so far. And potentially not happy enough to pack his bags and hit the portal. I think that would be a disaster for all parties involved. I think it would be a disaster for NC State, obviously, because this is your quarterback of the future, and you're trying to get him established with the new uh, offensive scheme that you have in town. But I I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense for MJ either. I just – at this point of the – I guess recruiting cycle and transfer portal cycle spring football just came to a close with the, the spring game this past weekend. It just feels counterproductive for MJ to start to look elsewhere now. And, you know, I guess with um, you know, the spring game was on Saturday and a lot of people have been kind of discussing how Armstrong appeared to get a lot of the uh, you know, QB one snaps um, maybe a, a bit more skewed than we possibly expected. We kind of expected MJ to get a little bit, uh, a, a few more, you know, first team looks than he did. Um, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that though. This is, this is Brennan Armstrong who has run this offense with Robert and I before. Um, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want Brennan to be running most of these first team snaps so the rest of your first team guys can get exposed to how this is supposed to look. I, that makes sense to me. You know, I, again, I'm, I'm very, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, unless you felt like there was absolutely no chance or leeway given to you in this quarterback battle. And it wasn't really a battle. It was more so of, Hey, I'm going to give um, this guy the job again. I, I'm not really I'm, – I'm a little confused here. And, again, you've got all the camp. And if if the spring game was, was any indication, and we'll talk about the spring game in the next episode, I thought that MJ Morris looked more impressive overall than Brendan Armstrong, just being completely honest and transparent here. I think Brendan made the reads faster and was able to say see where the ball needed to go faster, but he wasn't able to get it there in – in the way that I'm looking at a starting quarterback saying, Hey, this is what I need to see. And I know that, you know, there were probably 
there's probably some, hey, Brennan, if you come here, you're going to be our guy. But at the end of the day, you've got to play it as it lies. You've got to give it a shot there. But even beyond that, and I hate to keep saying but here, and this is probably the last one, the reality is if I'm looking at MJ Morris, like you said, whoever you go to, their spring ball is already going to be done. Even if their quarterbacks are god-awful and you're going to be the guy, you know, how many programs their quarterback is god-awful, but they've got really good offensive weapons around them to make that quarterback look better. In college football, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm here to tell you, if you have really good weapons around a mid-quarterback, you'll make them look amazing. Look at Tim Tebow. <laughs> no disrespect to the man, one of the greatest college players to ever play, according to everybody. I think that you're helped out when you have a, a an offensive huddle that included a an ensemble that if you threw a rock in it, you were more likely to hit a future pro bowler than a player that was never going to play it down in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very accurate. You saw how his NFL career turned out for Tim Tebow, of course. but And so I'm saying that not as a shot at Tim Tebow. I'm saying that to MJ Morris to pay attention and say, well, okay, if the grass is greener, over at Auburn, where we again, the or his anywhere. Top, it, it, anywhere his top three schools were Georgia Tech, NC State, and Nebraska. Coming out of high school, at least again, if I'm looking and saying, is the grass greener elsewhere? I'll simply ask you this Who has the type of offensive weapons that you look at and you say, Man, that team right there, they're one quarterback away, they dominated in all these ways. It was just the quarterback holding them back at every point in turn. Because if they were, if the, the weapons were that good, I promise you, even with a meh quarterback, you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. You'll do everything you need to do. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, you know, I agree with you. Whether or not he does transfer, I don't think that transferring is a, a good idea at this point in time. It just, it seems the the timing of it seems very awkward and to transfer into again potentially any school but especially a school that's coming off of five wins and all that good stuff that just doesn't seem like a a very smart thing to do yeah we're gonna get into why we both probably think that transferring at this part of the year is just not a good idea but first a quick word from our sponsors at FanDuel Grand Slams no hitters Double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first one doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. The MLB action is already started. I'm on fantasy baseball. I'm mixing it up. Baseball season is here, and you got to get over to FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So we're back here, and Kenton, let's just get right down to it. If MJ Morris transfers... I think he's he's putting a a longer weight on himself to be able to even flourish here. Because you mm-hmm. look at it this way. Okay. 
if he ends up being QB two here, at NC State for this football season, you have Brennan Armstrong, right? One, you have Robert and I, your offensive coordinator. They've worked together. They understand how one another works. He knows the system. That all makes sense, and I understand why that would rub uh, MJ the wrong way because it, in a way, it sets a precedent that. These guys that have already been here in the program, that have been here in the culture, can kind of still get stepped over by a shiny new toy. And I get it. I get why MJ would be mad about that. He's 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 been here from the jump. He's worked hard. He I mean, he would have earned the job had Armstrong not transferred in, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I I get why that's frustrating for him. And plus, he's betting on himself. He understands what a uh, an opportunity he has in front of himself to grow as a player and be a leader of this program. He's he already has quite an impressive fan base amongst uh, NC State fans. I've seen people coming out in droves to plead his case already, uh, just just here in spring ball. But you have a, a symbiotic relationship in Armstrong and I that makes sense for you to be rubbed raw the wrong way so bad that you want to up and leave to just go join another quarterback battle somewhere else after spring ball is completed. I'm not sure what that accomplishes for him because if you're going to another school where the quarterback situation is still up in the air, what happens if MJ transfers and he doesn't win that job? Well, then you're just in the same exact situation at a different school and all the work you've already put in here at NC State is trash. You, it's useless. I my my biggest thing here is you know we've talked about what happens with him and whether or not we should he should transfer, which I think both of us can agree doesn't make sense, right? And again, I have been a guy that told that has told Wolfpack Nation when somebody is doing a, a solid. I've said that. I've said, hey, Peyton Wilson coming back, that's doing Wolfpack Nation a solid. He has nothing to gain. Nothing not a thing in the world to gain by coming back. Like this is literally like, he's just doing this just to do it, just to be a great guy. Cause he loves the Wolfpack. Congratulations. This is, if we're looking at Ben Finley transferring as well, putting his name in the transfer portal and MJ Morris, potentially putting his name in the transfer portal. Then we're looking at a situation where our QB one is Brennan Armstrong, who again, as much as I had heard all these great things, and granted, it is a spring game, and in the spring games, the advantage is typically to the defenses because offenses don't really open up their playbook. They're running the same things that you've already seen, by and large, throughout most of the scrimmages. So there's that. But even with that being said, I didn't see a Brendan Armstrong that was extremely impressive. And yes, there was rain and conditions that you shouldn't expect on every Saturday night in um, this fall. Again, I'm going I'm to say this. You saw last year, if you're MJ Morris, you're one snap away from being the starter. We saw it last year. But let's take it a step further. Our schedule and the way it's set up, if all the conditions are fair, everything is good, the weather's fine, nothing's wrong, and Brendan Armstrong looks mediocre as he's stinking up to join against Notre Dame. 
what do you think the next thing to happen is there? Like you're the guy, you're, you're the guy. And it's going to be apparent very early that you're going to get a shot if things don't go wrong. And if you're clearly the better player, unless you believe that NC state's offense is that dominant to where they're going to whoop the wheels off Notre Dame to where no matter who is at the hell, they're going to put up, they're going to hang 50 on them. There's a chance for you early to, to, you know, get in where you fit in and get some playing time there. Or if you're the quarterback of the future, if you're the quarterback of the present rather, and you're supplanting um, Brendan Armstrong, there's a chance for it to happen early. And so I'm just a little confused, but if you're looking at it from NC state's perspective at that point, I mean, you're kind of really behind the eight ball because, you know, you, you didn't plan for two quarterbacks transferring out, which, you know, it was very possible with the one. I just, if you're NC state, you got to go into portal and get somebody, get somebody that you trust to be a reliable backup because no disrespect to, to uh, Lex Thomas, but the man is is probably supposed to be slow dancing at prom in a couple of weeks coming up here. I'm not sure if that's who I want as my next in command. If one thing goes wrong, I'm, I'm not sure if that's what I want from the Wolfpack's perspective. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's playing time that MJ is concerned about, like for this season, I'd have to imagine he's probably still going to get a considerable amount of playing time. While it's logical to conclude that Armstrong will probably break camp as QB1, that doesn't necessarily mean it's completely set in concrete for the entire season. You know, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't even be surprised if Armstrong, he might even have a quick leash on him. And you, you just don't know because that's how talented MJ is behind him. If Armstrong comes out and he just can't do anything and he can't get anything going, you have MJ right there and he's ready to go. So... I mean, if it's playing time he's after, I think he'd still get that while learning the system at the same time. It's a beneficial thing to have both of these going on. And so I I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more than we understand here on the surface level, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like it'd be very short-sighted of him to just quit now here and try and work his way in immediately somewhere else. I think... Everything he wants is still here. You're still going to get the keys to the kingdom uh, after this next season. If, and we hope this doesn't happen, if Armstrong completely stinks it up or he gets injured, you're the guy anyway. You're going to be there regardless. We saw how important it was to have depth at the quarterback position last year. And, like you just mentioned, Ben Finley just transferred out. And salute to Ben Finley, but if MJ now leaves too, like you mentioned, Lex Thomas is now quarterback too. Is that a situation we feel comfortable with? I'll answer that for the majority here. No, it's not. I'll answer that for everybody. If you feel comfortable with Lex Thomas, and this is no disrespect to the young man. I watched him play. I thought he was good. I thought he was, you know, I looked at him and I'm like, oh, that's not a Nepo baby. He is actually good enough to be here. He's he's good enough to where even if his last name wasn't Thomas, he'd still be getting the scholarships, scholarship offers and folks would be looking at him in the area. Sure. I'm not trusting him to come in and be dynamic enough to lead this offense day one. 
I'm not trusting him to be a guy that we're one hit away from him having to lead the offense. I need him at least two to three hits away. I, I That's just me being realistic here. So, you know, we'll see. And again, in this new era of freedom of movement, player movement, and all that good stuff, again, I am never going to be against player movement. Y'all will never hear me say, there needs to be a ton more restrictions on these players. Never. And I know they say never say never, but again, the day you hear me say that these players need to uh, be able to move less, that'll be the day that you hear me say 500 times before that, well, the coaches need to be bound to their contractual agreements as well then, because we shouldn't have, you know, promises being made to players where it's just like, Hey, you just got to live with it, not being made. But with that being said, Again, I just these players need good objective counsel in their ear. Good objective counsel telling them what does and does not make sense, telling them, hey, um, that offense ain't or that school ain't put a quarterback in the league in so long. Well, it's not about the school, it's about the coaches. Okay. Uh quick, quick bit of trivia for you, Grayson. If we're talking about Auburn, who's the last quarterback that uh that or we're talking about Liberty rather since Hugh Freeze is their coach. Who's the last uh quarterback that Hugh Freeze put in the NFL? Let's see. First year for Auburn, a Hugh Freeze puts him back at Liberty. Who's that? Malik Willis? Malik Willis. Malik Willis was just moved on uh from by the Titans. All the speculation is that they're moving on from him as a uh, viable option for quarterback. So let me let me rephrase that question. Who's the last starting quarterback? When's the last time a quarterback that was coached by Hugh Freeze started an NFL football game? Oh, boy. That's, uh, that's a good one for your Wednesday night trivia. Um, I'd have to be somebody at Old Miss then. Um, I'm immediately thinking of uh, Chad Kelly's mugshot, but I don't think his, I don't think that's the answer. Um. I don't know. You got me here. I'm blanking. And here's the very interesting thing about that. I'm pretty sure Chad Kelly never started a game in the NFL. I don't think so either. Yeah, that's that's. but that's my point exactly. You'd have to go back over a decade to find when the last time this man had a starting quarterback in uh, the NFL. Over a decade. Here in Raleigh, I know it's self-proclaimed essentially amongst NC State fans, but uh, QBU? Does that ring a bell? I mean, you can say it. Uh, people can make the argument that it's self We're in the conversation, however you slice it. We're definitely in the conversation. You you can make the argument that it's self-proclaimed, but again, just go by the numbers. Russell Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley started football games last year. Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers, if we want to go all the quarterbacks between now and the last time Hugh Freeze had a start quarterback, you could throw Mike Glennon in there. Mike Glennon? Like, that's – but that's just, you know. So, again, I'm I'm very mm, – mm, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I Malik Willis might have started because Tannehill got hurt. I, I may – we may have to fact check there. He may have. But even still. Again, okay, so that's one guy because another guy got hurt. He he might have had a cup of coffee, but it was only a couple swigs. But that's that's my point. Like, at the end of the day, and again, got replaced by Ryan Tannehill, who's not a guy that you're looking at 
and saying like, oh, he's the second coming of whoever. At least with Ryan Finley, you would say hey, Joe Burrow is going to be a guy. His contract is going to be crazy. He's going to be that in that Pat Mahomes half a billion dollar range contract when it's time for him to resign. Mm, Ryan Tannehill ain't exactly that. I don't think so. So, you know, I mean, again, I think that this puts NC State behind the eight ball. But, hey, it's the new era of ball. And if he does leave, you got to be prepared. You got to be ready. You got to roll. And that's That's all there is to it. We're going to round this thing out real quick after a quick word from our sponsors. All right. So finishing this up here, obviously, like we started and, you know, continued through the episode, we're kind of now paranoid. We're, we're sitting here on MJ Morris watch. We were pleading with, with open arms here that he does not decide to up and leave because I mean, it's, it's not, it's not facetious to say we need him here. We absolutely do. He's the future of this program mm-hmm. and he's going to get the whole program handed to him. He will be the face of NC State football next year. Possibly this year. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Possibly this year if he stays. And for him to to give all that up at this point, we're we're sitting here, spring ball is complete, it's April. We're going into the summer and then it's time for football once August rolls around. So I don't know. I don't think it makes sense for him to transfer. I understand why he's upset, but I just think the the long-term benefit to finishing what you've, what you've started, it hasn't been that long, but once, once you've started so far at NC State, the grass is much greener here, in my opinion. I, I want to look at something here, and this is – this is, I believe, the uh, official rule in terms of the transfer portal and, and how it works. And I want to be sure that I've got this correct here because I'm on the uh, NCAA's transfer portal website and all that. Now, football is considered a fall sport, correct? Correct. Okay, so that means that the transfer window begins uh, with a given sports champ- championship selection 45 days within – 45-day transfer window begins with a given sports championship selection. Okay, so I believe that that means within the championship game. Am I – Am I? I want to say that that's the case there, you know what I mean? But with that being said, that would place you at January 20th of 2022. I'm sorry. No, no, not January 20th of 2022. January 30th of 2023. Am I like – am I missing something here? Like, am I not understanding what that rule means? Like, am I, am I crazy? Because I know there's another, there's a transfer window coming up. I want to say it's the 15th of April, which would be, is that Friday, Thursday? Okay. I guess, I guess that would be uh, this, this uh, Thursday or Friday. Today is Tuesday. So Thursday would be the 13th, 14th, 15th would be this Saturday. Um, Saturday. But yeah, I'm I'm very confused about the transfer rules, and there needs to be more clarity around this. And if I'm Coach Dorn, I'm calling for an all-out investigation of tampering because there is no way that there should be this much of a rumbling about a connection to one of my players about a school that he did not was not in his top five, was not in his top three. The head coach at that school didn't even offer him at his last school, like. What or if he did offer him, he wasn't mentioned amongst his top 
15 to 20 schools on 24 seven rivals, anything like that. So I'm very genuinely calling for, Hey, there is something improper going on here. If my player decides to transfer and leave me fine, that's, Hey, I don't possess, I don't own these men. I don't possess these men. They're not my property. While they're under my supervision, they are my players. While I am responsible for calling the plays, calling the shots, doing the things, putting them in position, they are my players, but I have no possession ownership over them. However, there are rules and regulations that need to be followed. And as much as people say, oh, Doran's always whining and belly aching about something, there's a pretty good reason to, to break out the Pepto-Bismol and get rid of a belly ache because this, this one ain't making sense. The math ain't math in there. So, you know, that's just... That's just what I'm looking at. Um, as always, if, if he decides to to leave, we'll wish him the best wherever he goes, the same we do for any other player that leaves here. But, again, I just seek good counsel players because this is a situation where if you transferred when you heard that – that um, if you transferred when you heard Brandon Armstrong was coming in, that makes more sense for you. That makes so much more sense for you. Right. If it was an immediate thing, I would be like, okay, that, that sucks to hear, but I understand why. But now, now, yeah. n- now it feels like it's, it's too late. I mean, it's yeah. not, but I just, I think he's giving himself a further uphill battle if he were to jump out now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see, man. I, I don't, I don't want to give it one word or other, but we'll see. Grayson. Go ahead and have the last word on this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep my uh, my nose to the ground here because I, I can't afford to to have our quarterback of the future stepping out on us. But uh, next episode, we're going to be breaking down what we saw, what we liked, and what we disliked in the spring game. So be sure to catch that one as well. For Ken Gibbs and myself, as always, thank you for coming out and checking us out. This has been another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Go, Go Pack. Back.